Well, hello there. It is great to see you again, and welcome back to another installment of Go Beyond Numbers. I am your host and moderator, Ryan Ruff, and as always, we have our star of the show, Mr. Tony Rose. He'll be joining us for another discussion today, and we've got a special guest joining us on today's show. We've got Mr. Brian Sweet, the founder and CEO of Sweet Financial, also the creator of the Dream Architect. A lot of exciting things for Tony and Brian to chat about today, so really excited to unpack what their world is looking like these days and get into everything that they have to discuss. So with that, let's go ahead and bring Tony on. Tony, good to see you. How are you doing this morning? I'm great, Ryan. How are you? I cannot complain. It's always good to be here with you. And I understand we have an exciting guest that's joining us today. Tony, what is your your relationship with Brian in the first place before we bring Brian on to get into to everything that you guys want to unpack today? Brian and I have, have known each other for many years now. We are uh, mutual members of the strategic coach program, which is that great program by Dan Sullivan that I've talked a lot about mm -hmm. uh, in, in the past with you and those that are watching and listening. Uh, Brian is a very smart guy and I love to talk to smart people, especially now with what's going on economically and in the world of finance. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, Hey, I, let's get right into it. Let's go ahead and bring Brian aboard and we'll let you guys go ahead and launch today's discussion. Brian, good to see you. Welcome aboard. Uh, good morning, guys. It's uh, fantastic to be here. Yes, it's, it, it, it is terrific that you're here. And, and I'll tell a quick story about how this actually happened. We, after, what was it, almost a two-year absence being in person at our meetings at the, at the Strategic Coach in Chicago, found ourselves at the same table in the hotel room that Strategic, strategic Coach had moved to uh, to accommodate uh, COVID and pandemic separation. And, and I was excited about doing this. And, and you and I have never really spent a long time talking about what you do, but I know that you do tremendous things for your clients. You've written five books, right? I have, yeah. One's so why don't, you tell, why don't you tell the people that are joining us on this journey this morning for the next half hour, 40 minutes, what is it you're doing and how long have you been doing it? Well, thank you, Tony. Um, well, first of all, I've, I've been fortunate enough to be in the wealth management business for the last 43 years. Uh, I'd like to say I started when I was nine, but I might be uh, stretching the truth there a little bit. But um, it's been a, a really interesting uh, journey, and it's you know, especially with the markets the way they are today, it's been really interesting recently. But one of the things that we have decided and have done, which is, I think, added some value to uh, our clientele is we tried to take what we do a little bit beyond just the pure wealth management aspect and create opportunities or possibilities for clients to uh, create a better life, not only before retirement, but also after retirement. And that's called the dream architect. You use the term dream architect. Aren't most dreams elusive? Um, I, I think those that you don't hold near and dear to you and kind of make as part of your life, I think they can be very elusive. And I think one of the things that happens is when we were younger, all of us 
you know, wanted to be astronauts and, you know, big things, firefighters. And then we went to school and life happened. And pretty soon people start chatting and talking about your big ideas and they kind of start poo-pooing them a little bit. And, you know, boy, why would you do that? Or you can't do that. That's, that's like impossible. And then pretty soon we kind of give up on our dreams and then we just kind of accept life for whatever it brings instead of realizing life is all that we want to make it. And so we just kind of want to bring that thought of possibility back to people and get them back to maybe their childhood when anything was possible. I know that you have this concept called dream architecture. What is that? Well, it's, it's actually something we've had for probably 10 years or so, Tony. And uh, talking about strategic coach, uh, the concept came out of strategic coach. And, and until just recently, we really probably weren't doing everything we could with it. But uh, in the format that it is today, it's really everything we do at Sweet Financial Partners. And what it does is really takes wealth management and maybe adds four other pillars to it. Uh, one we like to think of is like the next chapter where people are in a career or they're leaving a career and they're going from something to something. And what happens with a lot of people is they are so fixated in who they are in their job that the transition sometimes is really, really difficult. And we want people to have their chapter two, if you will, be as impactful or as fun as maybe when they were working. And so we've just created some relationships that help people kind of get through that transition. And then there's health and longevity. And that's probably one of the major ones where, you know, if you've worked hard and you've accumulated a lot of money and you don't have your health, then the money really doesn't do you a lot. And there's a, an old saying that I heard that just really applies here. It's um, he who has his health has a thousand wishes and he who doesn't has one. And so we provide different resources on you know, age reduction, uh, how to sleep better, all of those things. We're not doctors, but we have resources uh, that we've gotten not only through Strategic Coach, but another organization you and I belong to called the Genius Network. Uh, so that's a component. Then there's um, legacy planning, which is helping make sure your money transitions appropriately to the next generation, whether that be family and friends and or charities. Uh, so that's a component. And then the, the fourth part is what you'd call experiences where you know, people have bucket list items, if you will. And one of the other things we've found is people don't implement those. One, because they may not know how to, or two, they have given up on them just because they thought that was maybe, you know, it's too big of a plan or too expensive or whatever it might be. And so we've created these resources that literally, if you wanted to sing on stage with, you know, Bruce Springsteen, uh, we, we have those capabilities, but even just for like vacations that you don't know how to plan, we've got some individuals that we can reach out to, to help you make sure that those become reality. 
That's so much fun. I'm thinking of our mutual friend, Steve Sims. Steve is, Steve happens to be one of the guys. Yeah. About creating experiences. So your only clients are retiring or about to be retired people? Well, we work, you know, with a majority of our clients are either pre-retirement or enjoying retirement as, as, um, as we speak. Uh, but we have created um, another niche, I guess, where we work really well with um, women in transition. So uh, women whose husbands have passed away or have been divorced and maybe are dealing with money for the first time. So we've created a sub-program called Women Forward. That's part of the dream architect uh, process. And in the retiree category, business owners, you know, probably would uh, obviously be in that. And so we do work a lot with business owners, helping them with a lot of their exit planning and making that transition to the their next chapter. I, I love this concept of women in transition. I, I don't know if you actually know, because we've never really talked about it, that my uh, original mentor and my original partner was a woman whose name was Mary Snyder. And she was one of the early CPAs that was a female in the late 1940s and early 1950s. And so we've always had a very rich connection to women-owned business, women-owned finances, and, um, and, and have always had a, a, a great amount of women-owned businesses and they are always in a, a much different position than the male-owned business counterparts. I think you you will have found that. Um, what what do you think uh, besides lack of knowledge? Because you mentioned that in in what you talked about uh, with with women in transition. What, what do you think are the big differences in how you have to service or you approach women? In, in, in this environment, in this investment environment? Yeah, I, th I think women, you know, want a lot more information. They want to feel like they've been heard. Um, I want to say hand-holding necessarily, but uh, men in general tend to make a little quicker decisions, maybe not as emotional-based. And so uh, we're very fortunate in we have um, well, my partner in the Dream Architect, uh, Brittany Anderson, who, who you know, is just amazing in uh, really creating the program and keeping the material up. But I'm also very fortunate I've got some you know, really great female advisors. So sometimes women in general like to work with other women and because they understand and feel the same ways. So uh, a combination of both of those seems to work out well when dealing with women in general. Um, I, I want to change a little bit of direction here with your permission, because I think it was last week that uh, the chairman of J.P. Morgan, when he was asked about the storm clouds ahead, said that uh, it's not storm clouds, it's a hurricane. <laughs> that certainly made me nervous. Yeah. Um, are you nervous? Um, personally, I am not. Having been in this for 
43 years. I've been through 08, 09, 2000, 2001, 87. And, you know, it's just unfortunately things that we need to go through from time to time. Markets up 70% of the time, which means it's down 30% of the time. And it's never exactly the same, but the environment today is a little bit better, um, better unemployment, you know, the growth rates a little bit better. The economy's got more money as we've, you know, seen from COVID, there was a trillions of dollars that went into the economy. And part of the reason the inflation is so high, we put too much money into the economy. And so, you know, it's definitely gonna be bumpy, but yeah, um, Jamie Dimon's comments from JP Morgan were uh, a little nerve wracking. And, and obviously he's got a lot of high profile uh, exposure. And so, you know, we've had some clients reach out and say, well, what did you think about that? And I think as long as you have your clients positioned correctly to cover all of their cash flows, uh, any expenses that they might have where they might be upgrading a car or need to do some home improvements and things like that. Um, those people, if they're properly diversified, probably don't have to be too worried about the, the market risks, but it, you just don't want to probably look at your statements real closely for a while. Yes, I, I agree. I, I, I was thinking, gee, uh, the market's down, I don't know how much since the first of the year. And the people that have been taking their IRA distributions, their retirement plan distributions are having to take it based on a much higher value than it might right. be today. So that's a bit advantageous for your clients. Yeah, very, very true. And, you know, hopefully those that are taking those higher distributions, you know, have a source cash or savings account or money market account where they can take the distributions from so they aren't having to sell any of their assets at these now lower prices. So how do you how do you position yourself correctly for this? Uh, I, I, I saw a headline today that said uh, another 2% or something like that. We're in a bear, we're in an official bear market. What does someone do? You said have enough money how, have enough money for how long? Well, it, it's actually a, a very interesting question, Tony, and it really depends on the person. But what we have found, having been through so many of these market declines, is that if you err on the side of being a little extra conservative on the cash position, and if you understand the client's cash flows and big expenses, and if you kept five or six years worth of money in various forms, whether it's in your investment account, in the savings account at the bank, um, and if you had some guaranteed cash flows through pensions or social security, that typically will ride you through any market where you're not forced to have to sell something at a point when you might not otherwise wanna sell. And that's really the, the, the secret is only selling assets when you believe the price is right. And that's obviously when they're higher and you don't lose a thing until you actually sell it. So the people that get nervous and jump out of the markets, like right now, for example, the problem is 
several things. One, they have to be right that the market's going to go down further. Two, they probably create some tax liabilities for themselves that you will have to deal with later with them. And then three, when do they get back in? And there was just an interesting study that was done by speaking of JP Morgan recently that took the 20 year period from uh, January 1st of, of uh, 2002 to the end of last year. And they said that the S&P 500 averaged 9.52% over that 20 year period of time. And that's pretty typical. If you look at the long-term average of the stock market, it's right around 10%. But if you missed the 10 best days out of 7,300 days, your return went to 5.3. If you missed the 40 best days, less than one half of 1%, the rate of return was actually negative. And it's virtually impossible for somebody to outguess the market. So that's why when we do cash flow planning, we just want to make sure we keep enough money in liquid, safe, guaranteed kind of accounts to get us through these various periods of time. And we fill those buckets up when the markets are high, and then we use them when the markets are doing what they're doing right today. So are there opportunities now for people that have a lot of cash, maybe more than five or six years to do something or, or do you even play that game? Well, we do. If you're at a long-term time horizon and you can put money in and you don't need it in the next couple of years, I think definitely there'll be some opportunities. Even if you think back recently in March of 2020, when we had the COVID scare and we had the big, 30% drop. And then literally it, you know, it went back up in the, and 30 days after that, those are the times when you can really make or break the future of your portfolio. It's just that you have to be in a position where you don't need the money in some period of time. You have to let, you know, the markets just work to your advantage. And so, you know, in somebody's case where they had plenty of cash, I would probably say, yeah, there's some actual great opportunities. I would just be a little bit leery not to expose all of your cash uh, all at once and say today's the best day. You might want to pick and choose, you know, two, three, four different opportunities as the market keeps, you know, varying from this point forward. So, so are you very active with your clients and communicating with them all this stuff? And, and do is, I know this is such a setup softball question. Uh, <laughs> Thank you, Tony. Do you, do you do things to your clients or do you work with your clients? Such a setup, right? <laughs> no, we absolutely work with our, our clients. I, I will tell you, one of the things that we have found is if you increase the level of communication you have with your clients when things are bad, uh, that's really when you have the, the biggest impact and have the, the biggest helping factor uh, is right now. Uh, because this is when people are scared. If the market's going up and, you know, you're making all sorts of money, uh, if you're going to, you know, ignore your clients, that's probably the better time to, to do it. And so we probably, you know, I don't know if we could say over communicate, but 
we are reaching out in all sorts of different formats. We, we have a thing called Sweet Financial Live, which is once a month where we talk on different topics. We have emails, social media. We have our, uh, um, we, we run model portfolios. And so we're having communications when changes get there. We have their regular reviews. We do newsletters. So we have lots and lots of communications. But the biggest thing that we do is just actively calling them when the markets are down like this, just to say, how are you doing? Do you have any questions? Uh, and then, you know, typically they'll have a question or two or they'll say they're fine or whatever the case may be. But I've just found that this is the time if you really want to be an asset to your clients, this is when you want to be helping them um, is, is in times like this. Uh, we, we talked a lot about your responsibility to your clients. What are the clients' responsibilities to you? Oh, I, I love that question. Um, I, I think one to keep us informed is, is really a great one. The more we know about what you're thinking, why you're thinking it, any expenses, uh, those kinds of things is really helpful because that's part of the planning process. Uh, we, we love to work with clients that are uh, delegators. We run discretionary portfolios. And, and so, um, you know, that's important for us to be able to make changes when we feel it's appropriate without ha having to physically be able to touch base with each client. And the biggest thing is really, we love working with really nice people because what they'll find is we, we care as much about what's going to happen to them as, as they do. I've just got a remarkable team that um, I would tell you just does exceptional work for, for clients. And fortunately, because of that, you know, we have well over a 99% retention rate on, on all our clients. So we look for nice people that like to get, delegate, want somebody to, to take full responsibility for the outcomes that they desire. Because we want our clients, as I mentioned earlier, to to work only on those things about making their life better, whether it's vacations or the bucket list items or whatever those things are, and leave all of this stuff to us to help you make sure it becomes reality. How, how do you get someone to think carefully about bucket lists? That just seems so, it seems so, you know, everyone says they do that stuff. Yeah. Well, it's been interesting. We've been spending more and more time recently having discussions with our client advisory council and then just clients in general on this whole dream architect process with the, you know, four additional pillars. And the more we actually have those discussions, it's it's kind of been amazing the 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 change in the conversations and we're getting people to think differently or they're thinking about things that they maybe have never thought about before. Um, and it's just been remarkable. And we're working really, really hard to help create some tools because I think in general, people have a hard time thinking about their future. And I have just found the more you think about what you want your life to be, and the more you're intentional about it, the greater the likelihood that 
what your mind is envisioning actually happens. And it's just kind of a funny thing. Uh, you know, Dan Sullivan, you alluded to before, has a saying, your eyes only hear and your ears, no, your ears only hear and your eyes only see what your mind is thinking about. And I have just found that to be so true. So we're just trying to get clients to think about different things that we've never discussed before. You said this term client advisory council. What is that? Oh, okay. Um, well, it's just something we've done for literally, I boy, a lot of years. I can't even tell you we've done it so long. We've, um, but we, we have a rotating kind of board of clients that are very helpful to us in making changes at the office. So it's eight individuals. They serve a two-year term. And we have a couple meetings a, a year. And everything that we do uh, in the office is reviewed by them. We get their input. Any you know changes that we're thinking of, we run by them, get their input. We also ask for their just input on what are we not doing, <clears throat> excuse me, that we should be doing. And it's just been a really great resource to get actual input from the people that we serve on how we can be better at what we're doing. That's really interesting. Tell, tell me one of the meaningful things that has come up with that never occurred to you guys, but occurred to them in terms of changes in your office or approach or whatever. Yeah, it was, there's probably several and we're spending most of our conversations since we're kind of doing this deep dive and expanding out the dream architect concept. Um, but just how we would communicate things and how we as a firm thought uh, this would be the way to communicate. The clients have told us in lots of cases to do it exactly opposite of that. So it's been uh, really, really uh, great. And we were going to build some different programs uh, that we would have for uh, our clients. And in having that discussion, the clients basically said, well, what you should do is create uh, the programs first for younger people. Uh, because they need to learn all the proper skills since this isn't taught in high school or college or whatever. You're just kind of thrown into the world of money, but no one has any experience with it. So it just changed our focus on, you know, how we deliver things and when we deliver them and move things up or down the priority scale. It is, I, I think this is all built to lessen the mistakes that you make and lessen the mistakes that your clients make. I think that would be the case. A hundred percent. Yeah. I love to always begin to finish on a negative. Tell me the biggest mistake you can think of that won't get you sued uh, that, that you have made as an advisor. Um, I would say the biggest mistake was, um, and this has been years ago, but I've been around so long that we used to, you know, be the guys that sold the, uh, uh, you know, upfront fee mutual funds where you had to pay at one point eight and a half percent or five percent. And I'm in a small community community of ten thousand, um, and I just said to myself, well we could never go to a, 
a fee-based financial planning firm in little town of Fairmont, Minnesota. Um, and so consequently, I didn't transition to that platform soon enough. And I could have offered you know, more benefits to clients quicker had I done that. I was totally dead wrong. Clients loved it, accepted it, and you know, we're kind of wondering why I didn't offer it sooner. So sometimes your biggest enemy is the six inches between your ears. So that 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 uh, problem of presumption without verification. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And had I really interesting point, Tony, is if I would have had my client advisory council back then, uh, which I didn't, that would have been a question I could have run by them, and they would have given me the right answer, you know, way ahead of time. That's terrific, Brian. What question should I be asking you that I haven't asked you? Well, you've been uh, really thorough. This has been so fun, Tony. I think, um, you know, my only thing would be what I have found as it relates to, you know, what you do is that my clients are so interested in the tax planning component right now. And I think one of the things that I have found is working with, you know, CPAs and firms that can be collaborative and work in the client's best interest is so helpful. And so I appreciate, you know, all the work that you do for your clients, because I know you are one of those collaborators. Uh, so that's not really a question, it's more of a comment, I guess. But um, other than that, I, I'm not sure uh, I can think of one off the top of my head. Unsolicited, you know, that would be a, that would be great. I should do this in the future, make sure that you tie in, I get a testimonial from yeah. you and, and that begins to wrap up the, the cast. Um, yeah, because you know, we want to ultimately make you look good. Yeah, thank you very much. How do listeners and our watchers of this thing get in contact with you guys if they're interested in the dream architect? Yeah, our website is just sweetfinancial.com and and uh, you can you know get, get to our website. We do have some interesting tools in our retirement readiness center, which is on the website, or you can go to mysweetfinancial.com and that'll also get you to the tools. That's great. Well, Brian, this was a wonderful impulse that has come to pass. I'm so glad we were at that table in Chicago and we're able to see each other. I don't know if I'm going to be seeing you in Phoenix soon at Genius uh, Network. But, yeah, um, I probably won't be there till uh, November, but uh, yeah, I always, always look forward to opportunities to get together with you and, and uh, appreciate all the work and effort you do, especially on behalf of the Genius Recovery Program, which is part of the Genius Network. Uh, um, for those, I don't know if we've told your listeners, but you run the, you're the head of the Genius Recovery uh, Foundation, and uh, you've just been such a great a, a person to help make that what it is today. Thank you very much. That's a very, very worthy charity. And, and if anyone is interested in Genius Recovery Foundation, they should go on that website, which I think is geniusrecovery.org or geniusrecovery.com. And we're going to be, we're on the brink of doing some very interesting stuff that we'll be revealing in the next month or two. 
No, gentlemen, I appreciate you kind of diving into the world that is, uh, you know, sweet financial. Brian, it's interesting to see how, you know, you put your clients first, you know, put them forward first uh, and really, you know, make sure you're putting that client centric approach there at the, the forefront of what you guys do. And it's, it's good to hear that, uh, you know, clearly your clients are appreciative of it, especially during some more tumultuous times that we're seeing these days. Yeah. So, uh, no, really appreciate you guys both and your time and, uh, looking forward to jumping back on the next one with you, Tony. Thanks, Ryan. Have a great day, Brian. Have a great day. Alrighty. Thanks guys. And look, Hey, we want to take one final moment as always. And thank you guys, our listeners for jumping aboard and being with us on the show here today. If you benefited from the conversation, you enjoyed today's discussion with Brian, uh, you know, do us a favor, hit that like button, go ahead and subscribe to the show. If you're not subscribed already. And then of course, share these types of conversations, these episodes with any friends or family, business owners, anybody that you think would benefit from these types of discussions here on the show. You know, as we had Brian Sweet on the show today, we're going to continue to bring on some, you know, interesting individuals from within Tony's network to just dive into their worlds for a little bit and, and kind of unpack some of the unique strategies and solutions that they're really taking towards their lives and the lives of their clients as well. So for Tony, for Brian, I'm Ryan. We're going to go ahead and say so long, but we appreciate you one final time being here with us on today's installment of Go Beyond Numbers. <laughs>